Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett. My passion for football and pushing boundaries has helped me to create a successful business using the same performance building principles of the world's best players. Through my Move the Ball book, workshops, and consulting work, I've used the same system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize those tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, ballers. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. I'm glad that you are here with us today. As you all know, on this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. Two things before we get into today's episode. First, if you have not already done so, and I say this on every show, hit that subscribe button so that you subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode. And also share the show with a few friends. It's one way that you can help me to move the ball. Also go back and check out some of the prior episodes. We are getting closer to the end of season three of the show, and there's been such incredible guests this season. So go check them out. And secondly, you guys know that I'm in the process of releasing my next book called Dominate the Game, How Life Changes When You Show Up. And so we're working on the cover design now with the publishing team. I'll be sharing that as soon as it's out. And I'm excited to have you all on the journey with me. Oh, and for those that might be interested to get more of a behind the scenes look with the production of the book, there is a link in the show notes. If you go to www.dominateandmove.com, you can sign up to be on the mailing list and you'll get more exclusive content and just a little sneak peek about the inner workings of the book. So again, that link is in the show notes and you can check it out there. All right, enough about all that stuff. Let's move along to today's episode. I've got a great guest with us inside the huddle today and ready to talk about his journey and what he does to move the ball is Delfonte Diamond. Delfonte, welcome to the show. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you here with us. I know we've been talking about having you on for some time now. And over the summer, you were doing quite a bit of traveling, working out with some of your clients who are playing in the NFL. Let me just share a little bit about your background for our listeners. So Delfonte is a performance specialist who has trained some of the best of the best players who are in the NFL today. As a wide receiver himself, Delfonte is an expert at the skill position. And some of the players he has trained include C.D. Lamb, Saquon Barkley, Devo Samuel, and so many more. And we'll talk about that and his journey on today's show. All right, Delfonte, are you ready to move the ball? Uh, let's go. All right, let's do it. So I mentioned that you've been traveling all around in the offseason, you know, working with guys to get better. So come season, they're ready to perform and do their thing. Share with us some of the guys that you've been training with. Where have you been? I've been all over the world, literally. <laughs> been to Denver, been to New York, been to San Francisco, a couple of guys I've had the opportunity, well, been training was Debo Samuel, of course, C.D. Lamb, Saab, Noah Fant, K.J. Hamler. Uh, it's, it's a bunch of guys. So I, I, I've been all over the world twice and back. You've been on the move for sure. On the move. So let's run things back. I like to ask guys who have been training and who have been athletes themselves, kind of how they got into their sports. So for you, you played football and other sports. How did you get into football? When was the first time you picked up a ball? And what about sport was it that made you fall in love with it? The first time I picked up a football, I was probably like five years old. I knew I was a natural. Well, my uncle knew I was a natural, and ever since then, I've been playing football. The passion of the game, I love it. Uh, the intensity, uh, it's just the fact that every day that you begin to play football, is always some type of room for improvement. So if I had to sum it all the way up for what I love about the game, it's the passion. Oh, I love that. And my listeners know that I'm very passionate about the sport. 
I've been a student of the game since I was four years old, didn't grow up in a football family. So somehow, some way, I just kind of fell into it and been a fan of the game, a student of the game my entire life. And this whole move the ball movement started because I wrote a book on football, as you know, called Move the Ball. And what I like to get people's perspectives on when they come on the show is as a competitive athlete, as someone who's played the game of football, there's so many things that you have learned that have helped you to be successful. What are some of those things that you've taken away from the sport that you think have led to where you're at today and to your success? Well, there's a lot of things I took from the sport. The most important thing is consistency and leadership because the simple fact that I know that it's a, a certain things I can begin to you know bring to the table for multiple athletes, even for myself. Leadership, consistency, uh, but most importantly, is discipline. You know, because it's a, it's a mental game, and you know, of course, you heard the the saying ninety nine percent mental, one percent physical, and that's completely true because the simple fact that you know you have to be you know really in tune mentally because to understand all the perspectives behind the game. So if I had one word, I'd probably sum it all the way up to discipline. I like that. That's a good one. It's very important to have that discipline. And, you know, people will say that motivation will take you a certain place or to a certain point, but it's that discipline that will keep you going because you need to show up on the days that you're not motivated, that you're not feeling it. And that's what competitive athletes do is they show up continually and they're consistent to your point earlier that consistency is important as well exactly now you played college football you played at mcmurray university share with us what was your college football experience like uh it was actually a crazy experience in a good way because i went to mcmurray from i believe 2008 to 11 and um my junior year really didn't do really too well it, it was basically a run offense all i had about maybe 20 catches maybe 100 yards but I was blessed the opportunity to begin to meet one of the founders of the air raid office, How Mummy. How Mummy came from Texas Tech under Mike Leach, and uh, he came down to my school. And from that, him coming to my senior year, I made a massive jump from about 25 catches junior year. Senior year, I went to all the way about to almost, almost a, close to 150 catches in, in one season, uh, about probably 1,200 yards and 25 touchdowns. So it was a great experience to understand. Uh, from the player standpoint and from the coaching standpoint, that's some great memories. For sure. And they say if you want to have different outcomes in your life, different results, and you have to change your habits, you have to change the things that you're doing. What are some of the things that you did differently to ensure that you would perform and have that great senior year? Like I go back to the, to the one word consistency, and it's, it's more in depth about consistency because a lot of people think it's more on the field, which it is, but it's more off the field as well because you have to begin to remain focused on the goal, the vision, what you're trying to do. And things off the field can begin to slowly distract you from becoming consistent. So I'm a firm believer that, you know, off the field is way more important than on the field because what you do off the field, behind closed doors and in private, talking about the recovery standpoint, you know, doing what's needed, it's going to help you perform to your maximum potential on the field. For sure. And people say that in today's day where there's so many distractions, that being able to stay focused is a competitive advantage. As an athlete, there are so many distractions. As a business person, there's a lot of distractions, social media, other things that are consuming your time. And it's easy to waste time doing things that are unproductive. What are some of the things that you do or that you did to stay kind of locked in and not become distracted? The most important thing is prayer. You know, stand faithful to God. You know, that's the key because it's a simple fact that's the, the source and, you know, the foundation of who is Coach D. So uh, that's what's probably the main reason that kept me focused. Doing the, the small necessity things that, you know, to begin to keep me focused. But that's what it is, me staying faithful. So 
And as I mentioned, when I read your bio, you've trained some of the most elite athletes there are out there. How did you get into this business? When did you decide this was the path that you wanted to go? Uh, Well, when I came out of college, of course, uh, my college career didn't end up in NFL. You know, I had a couple NFL workouts, stuff like that. I was blessed for that. But when I came back to Houston, I met one of my uh, colleagues, uh, Ford. Can you pretty sure you know him? Yes, I do. Down here in Houston. Yep. That's my man for life. Uh, I met him when I came back to college, had the opportunity to begin to. He was actually the one that introduced me to the NFL guys. You know, I was meeting these guys and I'm more, like I said, off the field than on the field. Mainly, I built a relationship with these guys off the field, primarily spiritually and stuff like that. For what I did, especially coming from him and what I needed to do, a lot of them guys trusted me. And that's exactly how really my clientele blew up because I was more of a big brother to them or an uncle or something like that. You know, they called me something like that. That's how I got into it. My, my man, Footwork King, and nevertheless, you know, for me studying the game on and off the field, watching the film, watching the videos myself, I understood certain type of movements that no what nobody else was doing. And I began to perfect it by myself before I, you know, gave everyone else the craft. But Ever since then, since 2011, from to now, I believe that's about what that is, 11, 12, yeah, 11, 12 years, something like that. But ever since then, I'm grateful for my man for where it came. But that's how I got started. And also, you know, I minored in college physical therapy. And so I also used that and utilized that degree to a certain extent to begin to help, you know, my athletes perform and to become the best version of themselves. Love it. And shout out to the footwork king to Rashad Whitfield. He's an uh, yeah. awesome Awesome guy. I was texting with him. It's been a few weeks, but uh, I love him. He's a great person. And, you know, we, we all as entrepreneurs or even just corporate professionals, we can all think about people that have helped us in our career and maybe, you know, got us going or helped us to advance to that next level. So it's always important to to remember those people for one and just be appreciative of them for sure. You've been doing this for 11, 12 years, you say, and you got to work with some great people. But it's a journey. Like you don't just say, Hey, I'm going to hang out my shingle day one, right? And everybody's going to come and you're going to just have all this business. Usually you got to build your brand, right? Get people to trust you. Like you mentioned, I mean, most people don't just trust you day one, especially if they're giving you their money to do something, especially in a business like, like being a performance trainer too, because it's highly competitive. There's a lot of people like you out there. So they want to make sure that you're the right fit, that they trust your work. They have a rapport with you. Those kind of things. Walk us through that first year of you building your business. Oh, uh, that, that first year was tough. It's, it's going to always be tough when you first start off. You know, you, like you said, you got to get your name out there and you got to, you know, reach this person, you know, build relationships and, you know, build your brand and that, that nature. But it was challenging because when you first start off, you got, you, you basically start from square A. Like it's, you don't know what to do. But I'm just grateful for the relationship that I have, what that I had back then to really guide me down the path on what I needed to do to really grow my brand. And um, it was real challenging. You know, it was tough. You know, sometimes it, it, it comes a time where you get depressed or just, man, forget this, I'm not going to do it no more. It's, it, it was multiple times like that. But the passion behind really seeking the growth and the best version of everyone that I come across path with, that's just a passion that I had. And that kept me going. And I um, really kept me going. Multiple times I wanted to give up, you know, but I just stay with it because I know there are guys out there that really need what I have and, you know, for what I have to begin to give them. So it was challenging. It was it was real challenging. And I think as entrepreneurs, as business owners, many people can relate to that first year. It's definitely a challenge. You're building your brand. There are times when you 
might be sitting there thinking, you know, why am I doing this? Maybe I should go do something else. You, you want to bend your head against the wall because things aren't, you're not seeing the results or the growth that you were hoping for as, as quickly. And I have a lot of people that reach out to me that have been thinking about starting a business, maybe being a trainer or some other field. Is there anything that you wish that you had known or learned that you know now that you wish you had learned in year one that you would pass on to people as they're thinking about starting their business? First, if I had the most important thing, you got to begin to make sure God is in the center of it all. But if I'm speaking to a younger me, just starting off with that business, whatever they got going on, I would tell a, a younger me to stay consistent because I wasn't consistent back then. Stay disciplined. It's going to be a rough time that's going to come upon you, but you have to begin to respond rather than react to it. You know, because a, a reaction is an intermediate, temporary feeling. But if you respond to a certain thing, that is a well-thought-out strategy. So you got to respond to certain things. Opposition going to come, but it's how you respond to it. Stay the course. You know, stay the course in your words. Move the ball. Just stay the course. It's going to happen. It's going to come times where it's going to become tough. But I'm telling you, the more you become consistent to it, the more you wake up every day and make your mind up about certain situations, what you need to do. A change going to come. Change don't come. For sure. And there's a couple of things that I really like you talking about. I mean, one staying the course that we you have to ride the roller coaster, right? There's gonna be ups and downs. And so you just gotta keep pushing through it. And having your faith is important in that because that's gonna help you get through, especially those lower times. Yeah. You know, the consistency is it's all about how you show up, which is important. And you know, we talked about how you've been doing this for a while, and so it's been a journey. And I think people get so caught up in the idea that, oh, I could be this overnight sensation, right? Like, let me just start something and then it's going to immediately blow up. And for most, in 99% of the cases, it doesn't happen, right? You've got to grind it out and it's, you just have to put in that work. You got to be consistent to your point and you got to show up every day. I mean, even with this move the ball brand, people see what I post on social media and they see the people that I get to work with and, and associate myself with, but that wasn't how it was day one. You know, there was a lot of people not wanting to take your phone calls, blowing you off, you know, rejection. And you just got to keep showing up, being consistent, doing your thing. And one, you'll attract the right people that you're meant to attract. And two, the results will come. But as they say, you got to trust the process and you got to fall in love with that process. And then the outcomes will show you. You don't know when they're going to happen. But if you stay consistent to your point, they will happen. That's key right there. So let's talk about some of your clients that you've worked with and what you do to help them. Because something I always say is being able to move the ball and be successful is all about differentiation and separation, you know, differentiating yourself as a business owner, as a performer on the football field, whatever it is that your craft is. And so what are some of the things that you really do with your clients so that they can outperform their competition, so to speak, on the football field? A lot of people train specific positions. Oh, we got this trainer, train O-lineman. He trained D-line. He trained quarterbacks. Somebody came to me and I go, hey, coach, hey, man, what do you specifically train? You know, they expect an answer as me saying receiver. That's not me. What I do is I, I create weapons. So from the standpoint of the competition, there is no competition because every perspective of the receiver position, from your stance to uh, your hands, your stacking, top of the break, catching, releasing, the whole nine yards, we are perfecting and then more. So now I've created a systematic system to begin to really push the athlete to the max, like to put them in uncomfortable situations just to see how they're going to respond, you know, which I know for a fact how they will because for some they never, you know, accounted before or even, you know, perfected before, it's going to become weird to them. But for me, coming from their perspective behind on how I train is just, and that's why I separate myself from a lot of people because I push people over the edge. 
I make them respond in certain situations, especially uh, in game time situations, stuff like that. So from every dynamic, from every perspective of the position, I profess. Gotcha. And that's what a coach, a trainer is supposed to do, whether it's a physical athletic trainer or a business coach or performance coach off the field. It's all about pushing you outside of where you're at today so that you can improve and bringing that better version of you out into, you know, whether it's sports context, the business context or whatever. So some of the people that I mentioned that you have trained with have been CD, Saquon, Debo, and and some others. I know you've been training CD for quite a long time since he was like 14 years old. How has that journey been seeing CD develop and grow, not only as an athlete, but as a young man into who he is today? CD, man, that's my man for life. I've been training him since eighth, ninth grade. That's over, what, 12, 13 years, something like that. So I watched him grow from middle school, high school, to the uh, University of Oklahoma, and now he's with the Cowboys. I watched him grow on the field, you know, the athleticism, freak of nature, crazy hands. Uh, everything about him is, is phenomenal. But the most important thing with me is off the field. And I watch him mature as a man. For a trainer, a, a specialist for me, that is a wonderful feeling. Not only that he affected himself on the field, which he's, he have, haven't done yet because we haven't we had never become content. But on off the field, he matured in, in certain ways that I really blew my mind. He's one of probably my hard workers. I have like, I'm talking about he would go hours and hours and hours and nonstop. I love it about him because he he will never become content. He will never become complacent the way he's at because he desires and he fiends for more. So it was a wonderful for me watching him grow from 13, 14 years old, 15 years old to now he's 20 plus years old now. So it's wonderful feeling. And you talk about the never being content. And that's what the people that are really great and successful do. They're never satisfied with where they're at, not in a greedy way, but in a how can I get better? How can I continue to push myself and to improve so that I can be the best that I was meant to be? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We can't become complacent because we need more. Like you said, not in a greedy way, but you know, it's always some way I can begin to perfect my craft, whether it's watching film or stand after practice too, you know, another hour catching footballs or going to the recovery room an hour early. It's something every single day that we can begin to get better at. So, um, and I'm real big on that. Now on the show, we talk about business topics and you are a business owner, you're a service provider. And so you use social media like many should to continue to showcase all the great things that you do and to also market your brand. And you post a lot of reels, for example, on Instagram. Talk to us about what are some of the things that you're posting on social media so people can see your work? A lot of things I love posting on my social media, especially Instagram, is the before and after the aftermath. A lot of people don't see the behind the scenes on where these NFL guys are messing up and breaking the cones and getting pissed off and throwing my football all, all up. They don't see that. So I love to post the before and after because of the simple fact that, you know, they can specifically see the transition, the, the the transformation of what they was into where they are now. So that's mainly what my social media is about is because it's about production, progression. I don't care if it's 1% better. That's all I need every single day, 1% better. So that's mainly what my social media is about right there. And how often are you posting? And is Instagram kind of your go-to platform or do you post much on other platforms too? I post all over. Uh, you got IG, Twitter, TikTok. That's all I really have. But I'm mainly on IG. Twitter is more like business oriented, like coaches and scouts and stuff like that. But uh, Instagram is probably the way to go. For sure. Yeah, I think it's important for people to know where their audience is, right? For some people, you know, Instagram is a place for other people. LinkedIn 
is a place for more of the corporate professional people that are trying to get clientele. And so knowing where you are, um, where your audience is, and then being consistent in what you're posting is important to continuing to push your brand and to move the ball and get people familiar and comfortable with who you are as a provider. And something that you mentioned earlier is the trust piece. And people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And so the more content that you can post where they can see you in action and what you're doing is going to go, it's going to go far. Exactly. Exactly. That's key. And so you also have a YouTube channel too. What are some of the things that you post on YouTube? Okay. Yeah. You, I just started on YouTube. Me and my guy, Jacora, Jacora is another trainer out here that's really up and coming as well. Uh, we are from the start doing uh, series, things and things of that nature to really break everything down to give more uh, information for the clients on YouTube. It's more like raw and uncut, what people don't see. You know, when people post on social media, oh, is is this, is that. Now, people don't see the process. We're going to post all the process. We're going to post our mess-ups, all that stuff. See, I, so people can really see that. Coach D is really training all these guys out here, but he messed up too, which I do. I think it's important to show those things because we're not perfect, right? And people want to be a part of the journey. It's not just about the end product. They want to see, you know, how are you in action? If something doesn't go right, that's okay. But they want to be a part of that and included. And and when they feel like they're in that circle, then again, they want to do business with you. They want to be a part of whatever it is that you have to offer as well. Exactly. That's key. Exactly. And it shows shows that the individual is real authentic, you know, because he's real down to earth and really want to you know, perfect this craft before you give it to me. So that's just where the trust comes from. So that's for cool. sure. And I like that you mentioned the word authenticity, because that goes a long way to people trusting you when they see that you're authentic and you don't have to be perfect. They don't want to see the filtered, the filtered views. They want to see who are you as a person? And are you someone that I feel comfortable with doing business with? Exactly. And shout out to Jacory as well. Jacory one way. I know he's a, he's a younger guy training, but he's doing some awesome things. And so I got to see him when I was in Houston back in November of last year. And so we had some some good times talk, always staying in touch with him. So we actually did a LinkedIn live a couple months ago as well. So I love Corey. He's awesome. And he moves the ball as well. Oh, yeah, man. That's my man. Up and coming trainer right there, man. He got some great things ahead of him. So you do a lot of business with guys who are in the league. Some people thrive in the league. Some people kind of struggle with that transition, not because necessarily it's a talent differential, but it's just they're not really fully grasping that this is a business and that they should treat that as a profession versus just playing another level of football. When you see guys make that transition and you see not necessarily your clients, but just people overall, when you see them uh, transitioning into the league, what are some of the things that you see people kind of take for granted or don't do right as they're making that transition to being a professional athlete? Of course, of course. The first thing that comes to mind is the money, position, you know, things of that nature. A lot of people fail to realize that that is a tremendous, tough transition from college to NFL. Because now, not only that you are everywhere you go, the camera's on you. Oh, there you go, there you go. Now, nevertheless, you got to begin to conduct yourself in a manner to understand that you are a professional athlete off the field, most importantly. The transition from college to NFL is it's a real difficult task for certain people. Some people are already made for it because of the simple fact that that just comes from back from being humble. You know, they they was humble way back then, and now the NFL is just a, a bonus for them getting paid for what they love to do. But the transition becomes completely difficult to individuals that's not used to that. It's a terrible feeling to see some of the, I'm talking about the freak of nature athletes. I'm talking about top of the line athletes to be a bus in the NFL and not know how to accept the transition, uh, accept the leadership and being on time and 
it's, it's real difficult seeing that transition and difficult seeing those people really waste their talent because knowing for a fact that you, if you see them, you you know that that's a for sure Hall of Famer. But for them not adjusting to the speed of the game, adjusting to off the field, dealing with the media and all the stuff like that, it's, it's, it's a terrible feeling to see. And you mentioned leadership, which is very important, whether you're an individual who just has to perform as an individual or you're a team captain or a veteran in a leadership position. When you look at leading at the highest level of football, the NFL, what do you think are some of the qualities that men need to have to be an effective leader? I I believe the number one trait to have is to accept failure first, because you can't lead no one if you don't know how to fail, because there are some great leaders that failed, Michael Jordan and you know, Kobe Bryant, all these all these type guys that, you know, was in that type of caliber of a leader failed at some point. Because if you fail at some point, they'll know how to begin to go back and really reevaluate the situation or evaluate themselves on what they could do better. So when it's time to be placed back in that same position, they'll know how to begin to account for it. So it's multiple traits. Of course, consistency, you got to be disciplined. You got to be faithful. And the most important thing I believe, too, is being coachable as a leader. Oh, I think that's important. Yeah. You can't just lead and don't ex- accept criticism because at some point, a true leader going to become wrong. They're going to fail at some time. So it's always good to have uh, a position that you can begin to accept constructive criticism and always be coachable. So that's what I believe. For sure. And as a leader, I mean, you're obviously setting an example and you're providing guidance for those that are following you. But you should also be looking at how you can get better, how you can improve, right? And so you have to have that being coachable mentality so that you can accept the criticism and the feedback to your point. Exactly. That is key. So we're always looking at how we should be looking at how we're improving and you know how we can reach that next level. And so when you look at yourself and your business, I mean, what are some of the things that you're working on improving upon? Me, I'm always improving on becoming a better me daily. Of course, we all go things privately. You see these athletes, and this is one, I forgot to touch on this, about a challenge. This is one, probably the most pill I had to swallow when I'm training these athletes and I'm witnessing these boys that they are getting these phone calls from these GMs. And look here, I'm going to pick you up in this round. I'm going to come get you in that round. And you go back to the fact of I'm supposed to be there. So that's a pill for a specialist to, to, to follow because now, you have to destroy that ego because it was never about you. It's about the athlete now. So I'm always working on becoming a better me. Uh, information I'm always reading. It's certain things that you can begin, well, all things you, you can begin to do to begin to grow as an individual. I, I believe in becoming the best version of myself so I can begin to develop these athletes to become a better version of themselves. So become a better me is key to me. I love it. And something else that I really like that you do. So we talked about you posting on Instagram and social media, but you're not just posting videos. You're also posting, usually in your stories, you know, nice pieces of advice or different quotes or things about life that really are important for people to be thinking about because there's a lot going on in the world. And so just having, seeing some of those things is a nice reminder for people to, you know, keep them grounded, keep them motivated, keep them focused on whatever it is they're looking to do. So that's something that I think you do a fantastic job of incorporating into your Instagram stories. Yes, yes. I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, because I always tell myself, you won't, you'll never know who's watching. Not only you, but it's a lot of them NFL boys, and I don't even train. I have even never even met before, and they always DM me, man, I just love what you post, man. I need to hear that. But whether it's a quote out I made or a scripture or something I saw on another person's 
page. It's just something that you never know that people need to see because you don't never know what people are going through. So whatever I can do to begin to really encourage somebody, I'm going to do it. For sure. And I like that you say you never know who's watching because you don't. You don't know who's watching. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know. You don't know how your response to things is going to also affect people. So I think it's important to challenge people to consider what are you putting on social media, not just the positive stuff, but how are you responding? Are you just giving a reaction to your point earlier? There is a difference between reaction and a response. Response is a more well thought out thing versus a reaction is kind of a, uh, an emotional, you know, impulsive type of a decision, right? So how are you? showing up and what are you putting out there on social media? Is it stuff that's going to help people or is it you just venting and not considering how you could be affecting and taking away other people's energy just because you're reacting to something? I'm more on the edge of posting more convicting things because a lot of a lot of people gonna post you know feel good messages and the stuff you want to hear. But I I'm a firm believer to post the stuff of what people need to hear. A lot of people deal with all types of demons, a lot of stuff they deal with personally that, that they hate to let go of, or whether it's forgiveness or whatever the case may be. But anybody that knows me and always around me knows for a fact that Coach B will forever convict you if you are ever. Love it. So what I want to do now is I want to run you through my two-minute drill and ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? Okay. Let's roll. Let's go. All right. First question is, when you were 10 years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? NFL. Okay. Next question is, what three words would you use to describe yourself? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Fun, discipline, and the most important word, convicting. That's me right there. Okay. Three great words. What is one thing that most people don't know about you? I'm a minister. Oh, I did not know that. Very nice. Next question is, if you had one intro song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be? <laughs> Eric Thomas. Yeah, Eric Thomas. Okay. Next question is, what book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? The book I love right now I'm reading is called Get Out Your Head by Janine Allen. Oh, sounds like a great book. I'll have to check that Powerful out. Book. Powerful okay. book. Now you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? Warren Buffett, because his mindset of how you think. Jay-Z, business-minded. Now Rick Ross, financial advisor. Three great choices for sure. The next question is, do you sing in the shower? Heck yeah. Would someone listening say you were good? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Heck no. <laughs> All right. So as we look to close the show, let people know where you at on social media. Where can they follow you on your journey? So all social media platforms, uh, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Del Fonte, Diamond, all is the same. So if you want to follow me, I'll be waiting on you. All right. Perfect. We will put your social links in the show notes so people can follow you on your journey. Any last thoughts for our listeners and any shout outs you want to give? Well, I do have a shout out. I just want to shout out to my support system, my mother, my wonderful wife. And I just want to just say um, I'm real grateful that God entrusted with this gift to begin to give back in such a way. Love it. Well, thanks so much for being on the show today. It's been a true pleasure having you on. Uh, thank you for having me on. And I know you will continue to move the ball. And thanks again to everyone for listening. Once again, go check out the show notes. You can see Coach D's social links, follow him on his journey. And then you can check out a few things that I've got there, a link to the Move the Ball book, a link to the Move the Ball merchandise store. We've got the new link for my upcoming book coming out and other things. So go check all that out. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and also share the show with a friend or two or three. It's one way that you can help me to move the ball. All right. Thanks so much for listening and we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up and you move the ball. 
Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business, with your brand, or your career, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.